the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It is tempting in today's culture to see things black and white. Uh, more often, there are at least shades of gray somewhere in there. And uh, that's where I am trying to pay heed to people who know better than I do, um, voicing opinions that I'm not sure I hold, uh, being respectful of uh, someone who gave a lot of their life to serving their country. Uh, but at the end introduced some gray into the picture. I'm talking, of course, about General Colin Powell, who died this morning at age 84. We'll begin a Monday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show talking about Colin Powell. And what I think is clear from the initial reactions to his passing from complications of COVID-19, he's fully vaccinated, Uh, it will be used to debate either side of the coin on vaccines. I don't really think there's much significance or weight in that conversation. But I do think that Colin Powell's passing and the words of those with whom he served on the uh, right side of the aisle shows me what I think is a very fundamental difference between Republicans and Democrats. And that fundamental difference is Republicans have room for nuance in their evaluation of a person's life. Uh, They believe that many things can be true at once. Colin Powell can be a historic figure in the United States. He can be a great American, a loyal American. But he could also be someone who didn't serve his party at the end of his life the way he did in the middle of his life. I find it interesting that a tried-and-true patriot like uh, Colonel Jack Keene on Fox says that Colin Powell is a towering figure in American life and in our world, a natural leader with unflappable temperament, a soldier statesman like Dwight Eisenhower. To me, that's a wow, given the fact that Jack Keene could not have disagreed more with Colin Powell on the endorsement of Barack Obama twice, once over John McCain, once over Mitt Romney, and also endorsed Joe Biden over Donald Trump. I don't know what difference, if any, Colin Powell's endorsement of those three Democrats 
in three presidential elections made. Two people, but three elections. But it clouds my view of Colin Powell. It makes me question his judgment. It makes me question his commitment. It makes me wonder how he could have spent so much time around Ronald Reagan, uh, Bush the older, Bush the younger. Was it a legacy-saving effort by Colin Powell because George W. Bush impressed upon him the need to go before the United Nations and argue for the Iraq War because Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction, which we never found? I don't know how much that motivated Colin Powell to endorse Obama over McCain because he said Sarah Palin wasn't qualified to be president. Excuse me, Barack Obama hadn't been a senator for even a full term yet. And it's weird that you decide who to vote for for president based upon their running mate, not based upon them. And it is, to me, unforgivable that if you had the weight given to Sarah Palin not being ready to be president, that you could endorse Joe Biden to be president? Somebody who spent almost a half a century in the Senate? And as uh, former National Security Advisor Robert Gates said, was wrong on every foreign policy decision ever? Colin Powell would certainly know that about Joe Biden. He would certainly know Joe Biden was compromised cognitively and couldn't possibly withstand the rigors of being a president for four years. So all this is a part of the Colin Powell picture for me. Uh, I always give great weight to someone who spent their life in the military, somebody who did a lot of good, somebody who served their country, somebody who unquestionably loved their country. I have to allow for the fact that people who know Colin Powell a lot better than I did are lauding him today, which again comes back to the most clear difference between Republicans and Democrats because there is zero chance, zero chance that anyone who previously in government served on the Democratic side of the aisle or even leaned left could ever come over to the right and endorse a Republican for president and be lauded by people on the left when that person breathed their last. That would not happen. That would never happen. Which I suppose is not that surprising. And there is no grace and no forgiveness on the left because grace and forgiveness are two tenets of Christianity, and there is very little authentic Christianity left on the left. There just isn't. So I temper my perspective on Colin Powell through the lens of those who knew him far better and understand his far weightier good than his bothersome, questionable political endorsement of candidates that I think have damaged our country, have damaged the country that he served to protect. Britt Hume had one of the most 
insightful comments today about Colin Powell when they were asking Britt Hume about his endorsement of Joe Biden. He said, I wonder what he thinks of it now. Because we're not even a year into Biden's presidency and everything the man touches is a disaster. And certainly Colin Powell could not have been at peace as he watched Barack Obama go throughout the world on an apology tour and essentially deny the existence of American exceptionalism. So Colin Powell was a private guy. I think he could have been president of the United States. I think if he run in 2008 instead of John McCain, I think he would have gotten the Republican nomination, and I think he would have won, and he would have been president. Can you blame a guy, criticize a guy for not wanting to serve his country to that degree, given that he had served his country to a great degree beforehand? That's probably unfair. But I think sometimes there are people who do things that they feel a necessity to do, not necessarily a desire to do. That viewpoint today was put forth earlier on the Hugh Hewitt Show by Herschel Walker, who's running for Senate in Georgia. Now, Herschel Walker is a football hero from the University of Georgia. That's his chief appeal to most Georgians. But he said, I got a great life. I didn't necessarily want to do this, but I felt I needed to do it because I think people impressed upon Herschel Walker. You can win, and you can be someone who takes a seat away from Democrats and That's something that we need in our country is to regain control of the Senate. And that's a sacrifice in his personal life that Herschel Walker is willing to make. Not at all saying that Herschel Walker is a greater American or a more loyal American than Colin Powell. Not saying that. I'm just saying that sometimes in life, people who have access to power may not necessarily. And in fact, I would argue are the best people to seek that power when they don't want it because they'll use it judiciously. I would have loved to have seen Colin Powell run for president as the Republican nominee in 2008. I believe he would have won where we would be as a country now. Nobody knows, but anybody who could have taken some of the uh, fuel out of the Obama ascendancy, fine with me, although now we might be dealing with Obama as president. So God is in control. Colin Powell is hopefully resting uh, peacefully now in heaven. For me, it's a complicated evaluation of his service to the country, but it's unquestionably one that will earn him um, a prominent place in the annals of history. Now, there are headlines out of Haiti that are troubling involving some missionaries based in Ohio. We will get to those next on a Monday edition of The Bruce Woolley Show. It's always difficult when you hear a story of a missionary that's kidnapped because when they're on a mission trip, they're, by definition someplace to do good for people who need help. Uh, mission workers from Holmes County, which is uh, up in Amish country in northeast Ohio, um, Christian Aid Ministries is their affiliation, uh, are in Haiti 
and they are presumed kidnapped, 17 of them, 12 adults, 5 kids, including a 2-year-old. This sounds like a really bad gang that is believed to be responsible for their kidnapping from a area of Haiti that is east of the capital, Port-au-Prince. The 400 Mawazo gang. When you read their litany of crimes, uh, carjacking, murder, attempted murder, uh, extortion, it's uh, pretty bad. Pretty bad stuff. And they have these uh, people who are, uh, I presume, Amish because all the people who support them uh, are Amish who have kidnapped them. They have not issued ransom demands, but this story came to light yesterday morning. So... The Haitian police are aware of this group. They have been aware of this group for a long time. One time they fired into a small bus containing passengers. Um, Don't know if they had anything against them, but they killed an infant by firing into that bus. It is um, certainly something that this group in Holmes County is praying about. They are working with the U.S. government. The government of Haiti is. So we'll see how it goes, but... um, this is um, it's a it's it's a big time heartache for the people up there who know these folks and uh, keep them in your prayers uh, as the week goes by. Now you know we've had in the news lately the big supply chain issues out in California, ships in the harbor waiting to get in, can't get in can't get in because the ships can't be unloaded, can't get unloaded because there are not enough crane operators, not enough truck drivers. Uh, I had someone send me a story over the weekend that says the underreported aspect of this story is that California emission standards for, you know, trucks, cars, California emission standards are so stringent that many trucks cannot clear them unless the trucks are two years old or newer. Now, you drive I-70, you drive I-71, I-75. You see a ton of trucks, right? How many of them look like they've been on the road for quite a few years? They're built to be on the road for quite a few years. An 18-wheeler is a very expensive outfit. You can't be taking it out of commission because it's broken down and useless every two years. No, it has to last a decade or more of virtually round-the-clock travel. They're built to last. But California's emission standards are such that trucks must be up-to-date on their emissions, and so only new trucks can do the job in California. Oh, sure, you can go in. They're going to stop you at the border. But they have a little thing called way stations where you have to stop every time, get weighed, get checked, make sure you're within all the compliance rules. You think that's a profitable endeavor? To have a truck that is in violation of California emission standards and get fined at every stop along the highway? No, it's not. So as is typical, the fix from the Biden administration is cosmetic Oh, we'll just keep the ports open longer. See? And then in Joe Biden's announcement last week that the ports would be open longer, you noticed he said, but it's up to the private sector. It's not up to me. 
everything is someone else's fault when you're Joe Biden, even though he has his fingerprints on everything. Uh, It's also not the fault of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Now, I will admit, I don't think it is the fault of Pete Buttigieg, even though he is the Transportation Secretary and the moving of goods from port, (laughs) from ship to port to store shelf is a transportation issue. But I don't think this is a colossal screw-up because Pete Buttigieg was on maternity leave. But I think that being on maternity leave when this kind of a situation develops is really a bad look. Now, Pete Buttigieg would like for you to know that this is not the result of his screw-up. It's not the result of Joe Biden's screw-up. It's actually the result of everything working splendidly. Well, certainly a lot of the challenges that we've been experiencing this year will continue into next year. But there are both short-term and long-term steps that we can take to do something about it. Look, uh, part of what's happening isn't just the supply side. It's the demand side. Demand is off the charts. Retail sales are through the roof. And if you think about those images of uh, ships, for example, waiting at anchor on the West Coast, you know, every one of those ships uh, is full of record amounts of goods that Americans are buying uh, because demand is up, because income is up, uh, because the president has successfully guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. So demand is up, according to Pete Buttigieg, because income is up. Is that accurate? Do you feel that's accurate? Because I don't feel that's accurate. Now, I admit my view of the world might be a little bit limited by my own personal financial situation. Uh, I'm not a big-time spender. I'm not going out and buying new cars. I'm not going by. Are people doing that? It's my impression that there are not cars to buy. It's my impression that prices are up across the board. Gas is up across the board. That food is up across the board. He says demand is up. I don't think demand is up, and I'm not necessarily sure that income is up. The jobs report is bad every month. If income is up, could it be it's up because the government keeps giving everyone money? And maybe not everybody's as judicious with that money when they get it for their child tax credit and their juiced up unemployment benefits. Are people just, oh, look, I got money. I'll spend it. I suppose there are some people who operate like that. I don't operate like that. So I don't know that I believe in the veracity of what Pete Buttigieg has to say. And I certainly don't agree with him that his maternity leave is something that everybody in the country ought to have. Look, it's nice to take a day or two off when you have a baby, if you're a guy. But then it's time to get back to work because you're not a nurturer. That's a role for the mom and for grandma, and if you can take off, great, but it's not necessary. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.